0: Welcome to another episode of Homegrown, The Series. I'm your host, Emmanuel Davis. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with a multi-certified mixologist, curator for Serving Life Behind Bars, and co-founder of Causing a Stir, Alexis Brown. Welcome to Homegrown, The Series.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: No so problem. Welcome.
1: I'm to, to chat with you today.
0: I am too, and I'm hoping you don't get me drunk with the drinks that you made for me. But but speaking of of drunk days, I heard a story from many, many, many years ago about an experience you had with ENJ and Pepsi. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That We've
0: all been there before.
1: No, we have all been there. This was college days. This was the first time that I blacked out. Like I had a black, but blacking out. It never okay. happened again, so I learned my lesson, one and done, and I learned never to drink E&J, and never to, yeah, we're going to leave it at that.
0: Okay, okay. Well, you did, I did mention this before, you made me a special cocktail. I did. Can you explain to the people what this is that I'm going to be sipping throughout this interview?
1: So, I didn't make a, I am so bad at coming up with names for cocktails, but- uh, the cocktail is a riff on like a Manhattan uh, with mm-hmm. some uh, fall flavors. So we did a um, cardamorero instead of using sweet vermouth, which would be traditional. traditionally used. Can I say that oh. over? We are using cardamomero, which is in the space of wo- sweet vermouth. Um, and instead of uh, a rye or a bourbon whiskey, we're using a scotch. So um, it is basically scotch whiskey with an Amaro or a wine-based aperitif, which is the Carta Marrero. And we added some peach bitters. And then you have that lovely garnish of a plum. Um, and I have mine here. I don't have a garnish, um, but it is, it is exquisite. I, I
0: have some to spare if you if you want one <laughs> okay. there you go. but you just said you're not good at creating names but name, you...
1: yeah i'm not not good at naming cocktails
0: so who named your i believe you won this competition through the wire cocktail mm-hmm. who named that so
1: so through the wire uh that i named that one that one was easy to name because it was okay. very specific to what i was going through at the time gotcha. um And uh, the cocktail was, it was a Patron cocktail and I was asked to do it, to create it for North North Coast Best. So not a competition, but it was a feature. Uh, They were using local mixologists for, Patron was using local mixologists in different markets to create cocktails that were kind of reminiscent of this city. So through the wire, uh, obviously Kanye West, Chicago. Um, um, I chose to, I was at the time, my mouth was wired shut and I had very much so went through, a, a similar car accident that, uh, Kanye had went through. And I was, like I said, wanted to reflect the times that I was going through and represent for my city.
0: Can you talk about that, that March 16th? day?
1: Yes. So, March 16, 2019, Uh, I was on my way home from work. I had a very, very crazy and busy week. Um, I had just gotten back from Puerto Rico. Um, I was doing a pop-up there. It was called Girls Room the Bar. It was an amazing experience uh, to be there and be with my girls and represent Long, long week of of pop-ups and cocktail making and bartending and guest shifting. And I ended up coming home and picked up a shift for a friend um, out in the south suburbs. And I normally don't work out there or in this space. Chose to work this shift, really didn't have to or didn't need to, but was just trying to just stay busy and just stay active Uh, and was just exhausted and didn't realize how exhausted I was on the way home uh ended up falling asleep at the wheel and hitting a median broke all type of stuff Mm -hmm. broke my jaw in three places i got a plate in my jaw now Um, i broke my hand so um i had to uh have surgery on my hand um my mouth had to be wired shut and then I broke my leg and my ankle. So the ankle was the worst of all of the injuries I sustained, and they were not sure if or when I would be able to walk again, or you know, just based off of the um, how the how the break was,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: if I would be able to like fully recover. So it was very scary. It was, um, but through that. Um, I saw how supported I was, and how how much I had an impact on my community, whether it was mm-hmm. the bartending community or my Chicago Southside community, um, friends and family. They really showed up and showed out, um, and I just felt very, very much love, and it and it fueled me to be optimistic about the future and really recovering and being able to do, you know, more and have a better, more of an impact um, coming out of it.
0: So, would you say that I'm? Um, I was happy when I saw that you were back at it, and that the "Through the Wire" cocktail is like a double entendre. "Through the Wire" was Kanye's breakthrough song, talking about uh, an experience that he went through when his car crashed. The "Through the Wire" cocktail was your first comp- first drink that you feature. had. Made.
1: Big feature for like
0: right like after Chicago,
1: like representing Chicago and being yeah. you know North Coast Fest is one of the biggest summer festivals and that's literally was the summer after my accident mm-hmm. so um I created the cocktail while I was in the hospital like the 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 basis of it um and put the flavors together so that it included they wanted me to use obviously Patron products they wanted me is to drink yes and he is acting out he is really <laughs> acting out sir can you please? Can you please? Can you please relax? Okay, make your cameo because you're finna go. Make your cameo. Say hi. Say hi, everybody. This is Draco.
0: Draco's He's famous.
1: Okay, sweetheart, sweetheart. See. <laughs> they wanted me to use Patron products, so I ended up using the Reposado um, because it's aged, and but it's not as aged as a an Anejo, so it's kind of like right in the middle. But right in that middle ground. Is where you literally find your find yourself, and the character is, uh, and the character is able to show through of the spirit and the barrel. So basically, Mm -hmm. all that trauma that you go through, that you may go through in life, and just overcoming that um, is why I chose the reposado. And then the other flavors, I use malort. Now, Mm -hmm. people in the cocktail industry. Malord is like something that a lot of people don't use or they're very, um, they stray away from it. It's a very, very bitter um, Amaro or uh, liqueur. And it was made here in Chicago at one point in time. So it's like the Chicago spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but it tastes
1: like very, very bitter grapefruit. So it's like biting into the white pith of the grapefruit. And I chose to use it because again, I wanted to bring in and couple in that Chicago essence, but mm. I also wanted to bring some grapefruit flavors into the um, into the mix. The cocktail itself is, is kind of, it's supposed to take the flavor profile of a Paloma, which is a uh, tequila and grapefruit soda. That's the traditional. So I just took mm. a spin on it, added the liqueur, added some cardamom bitters, added um, the Patron, um, citronage lime uh the reposado and then we topped it with soda water to get that effervescence and sparkling sparkle um and then it was just topped with a uh, salted grapefruit so it was a really great cocktail
0: it sounds like a delicious cocktail
1: yes did it, it win
0: had, i mean did people I give mean, well it was featured.
1: i was i got picked so I, it was good it sold out
0: Um, hey there you go um,
1: I was able to go one of the days to the festival and Mm -hmm. check it out (laughs) bro I know what I can do I can put him outside hold on sorry I'm gonna put him outside
0: that's cool (laughs) (laughs) alright all right all right and, back. and we are back all sometimes, right
1: all my son my son don't know how to act right sometimes and
0: you we go we go um take edit
1: him out
0: yeah um okay. can you talk about your love for hospitality and just being a mixologist
1: so as you know from high school days, I've mm-hmm. always wanted to be a great host and entertainer. Um, you know, my, I have a background in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always wanted to be an actress in some sorts and take on different characters. Uh, but with, in hospitality, it was I was able to have my stage to entertain. Um, and I was able to, you know, bring, bring people memorable experiences. I've always been about that. I always wanted to be the life of the party. I always wanted to be the person that really got, kind of creates the vibe. And mm-hmm. uh, hospitality, it, that's what it's all about it's creating memories, experiences, and just um, being accommodating. So I've always, I think that my, in my spirit, I'm just, I have great hospitality. I always strive wow. for that. So it was just natural for me to go into this realm. Um, like I said, the bar is like my stage, uh, the, the liqueurs are my way of, you know, showing my culinary art Mm -hmm. and how I mix and mix and, um, bring flavors together and create profiles and beautiful cocktails and then storytelling. Um, like I say, everything has intentionality and purpose. So I try to, you know, that is my art. That's how I try to, um, tell stories, tell my story. Um, tell stories about where I come from, what I like to do, what I've noticed, what I've learned uh, over my over my lifetime. So yeah.
0: No, I agree with all of that. And when you say that your drinks are intentional, I've witnessed you create a cocktail before, and the way you just pull things like, oh, well, if it's a sunny day, let's add a little pineapple, but make sure that we're in the right season for pineapple. Let's add this wine base to this. Like, it's a beautiful thing watching you create liquor, watching you create cocktails, I mean.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Do do you see yourself getting, is one of those things that you can measure? Like, you can just think of different things and make a cocktail, like, on the fly? Or did this take time for you to hone that skill? Well,
1: no, it definitely took me time to get it right, you know, and that's the only that's you only learn from experience. You only learn from doing. Uh so constantly trying different things, I've opened my palate up to um different profiles, like I say, in different flavors. And I'm able to kind of like go back in my head and my Rolodex and say, mm, that would go good with this. Or I remember this, uh tasted Similar to this, and this is how this made me feel. So I'll pull this in over here. Um, so, you know, it took time. It took time to get there to understand balance. Because, uh, like I say, it's like cooking. Even right. in making cocktails, you think about fat, acid, salt, uh, 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 all of these things when you're creating um, something that you want to be balanced. So, Um, It just takes time. Yeah, I had to learn.
0: And you speak about your experience. You've worked at the Dearborn Tavern, the Drifter. You're currently working at Etta and River North. Have you pulled something from each of those different locations that you worked at?
1: No, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I I learned the most about elevated cocktails uh, during my time at the Aviary. What is an elevated cocktail? Elevated cocktail making. So the um, kind of molecular gastronomy, mixology uh, is what I learned there, just on very high levels. Um, Breaking down the chemical structures of fruits, vegetables, spirits. Well, not spirits, you're not breaking that down, but breaking down fruits and vegetables to create um, or infuse or bring together other components. So we uh, play with a lot of uh, ice. We play with a lot of um, uh, reverse um, reverse uh, hold on. I'm trying to think what the name of that thing is. Oh, I'm sorry, I can drew a blank. I drew a blank okay. one. But it's basically um, when you reverse how you create the, the cellular structure, you're reversing it to make okay. uh, those um, like the little balls, like the global gobble balls, jungle balls.
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: Bubble balls, bubble balls. Yeah. So how they create the bubble balls, the chemical It's a chemical uh, basically reaction between um, uh, calcium nit- cit- cit- citrate, And using so learning how to do all of that,
0: okay. Okay,
1: you're gonna have to edit that. Okay, no, we're keeping that, we're keeping (laughs) all of this, man.
0: You, but no.
1: I, that's where I like was introduced to those concepts and mm-hmm. uh, you and seeing how you can bring together liqueurs and like I say spirits that you wouldn't normally use. For instance, like the Cardamorero or like different Amaros or um, sherry wine wines and how you can incorporate wine based uh, spirits into cocktail making and where again balance because.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's so much, um, there's so many components and so many variables in these things. So grasping that concept there at uh, the aviary um, is what I like, is, is one of the things that helped me become a better mixologist. Working at the Drifter in that space was just magical. Um, mm-hmm. The Drifter is a bar that, inside of a bar. So it is an authentic speakeasy bar Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to host vaudeville, uh, different vaudeville acts. So we had burlesque, we had uh, magicians, we had um, sword swallowers and people who put nails up their nose and things like that. Or
0: You didn't do any of that stuff, did you?
1: Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely did they ask not. you to? Oh, no, they wouldn't dare. Okay. <laughs> I had to man the bar. Man okay. the bar and make sure the lights and make sure that the music was on cue. That's all I gotcha. had to do. But gotcha. that space really let me know or um, cued me into uh, being creative. Our menu came on tarot cards. Okay. And, and uh, the, the types of cocktails that we did, although they were intricate in a way, they were easy, easy to... Execute. I learned uh-huh. ease of execute high volume because it was a high volume space that was very tight and small. And so we had to turn cocktails over. It's no, we, we can't have wait times. Um, so co- learning that there, I had really great mentors there. Uh, Jill, uh, Jill, Way, um, Liz, they all, you know, gave us the pro- the, the, essentially, they gave us the blueprint on how to, you know, do high volume, but funky cocktails and be creative with it. Yeah.
0: Now you mentioned some of your mentors and it sounds like Liz was, Liz is a woman and all your mentors are women. Is that something that you see often women that are behind the bar?
1: So surprisingly, it's growing. We're coming okay. out of the woodworks. We are uh, taking our stand and using our platforms to highlight each other and support one another. But when I was first coming up in the industry, that was something that was rare, rare and in between. Um, okay. I literally like would get the googly eyes if I saw a woman leading a cocktail class or um, heading a beverage program at um, a bar or a hotel bar those are those were just or being even even being a brand ambassador uh these things were not were far and in between and you know I think it's been a surge over the last like five to eight years and it's been very very beautiful but when I first started it was like I say it was few and far few and in between
0: is it because they're not hiring these women or some unknown that we
1: it's always been a good old good good the good old boys club um when it comes to you know just like every industry is there have been barriers for women there have been um i want to say there have been there have been i mean it's just like every 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 other industry um yeah we gotta start you know either creating what we want for ourselves or Um, really like busting the windows and breaking down those breaking down those barriers and pulling people up on charges and saying that you know you need some diversity you need some you need to be thinking about how you can include be inclusive of women and particularly for in my case women of color Um, you know Chicago segregated we all know it Mm -hmm. and um, for me to be able to kind of like finessing chameleon my way in. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's imperative that the work that I do is a representative of like saying, hey, I'm a product of diversity, having more diverse uh, exp- people with ex- different experiences than you because it makes us, uh, it, it, I just feel like it gives a different perspective. Um, you grant a different perspective on things Um, representation matters and representation matters
0: now do you have people that look up to you and have you taken on more of that mentor role
1: i think so uh you know i'm always in a position to um give out game Uh, Mm -hmm. i want you know i want to see other people win i feel that at one point in time it felt as if you know people were holding the knowledge their knowledge and their uh their skills to themselves like holding it close to their chest not giving out information it was like you had to really dig and search for information and i just you know it it, it i just felt like it shouldn't be this hard so to, to learn if you want to so after going down that rabbit hole of trying to you know research uh concepts mixology protocols uh just best practices i feel like it's it's our duty to kind of pay it pay it forward and give that information back and make it readily accessible for people to grasp onto because that's how we grow and that's how we are able to flourish so times are changing
0: Correct. And in happy. my
1: space yeah any information that i get um I try to pass along or try to educate people. Um, that's how I learn better too by mm-hmm. explaining something to someone else. I grab, I can nail down the concept and then it's embedded in my head and then it becomes so natural. Uh, but yeah, I think I have taken on a mentor as I've grown in the industry. I've taken on a mentor um, role, but I look at it and I talked to one of my someone I look up to, she was saying we should do away with the whole mentor mentee because it's, it's as if we're putting someone above you. Like this is the like, this is sensei and mm-hmm. you are nothing but the cricket. And, yeah. you know, that and that's not always the case. You know, I'm still learning. They learn from me. Man, my, some of my mentors have told me that they've learned from me. And then I think sure. I think it is a give and take. So, uh Yes, to answer your question, yes, I have taken on the mentor role.
0: And is that how Causing a Stir came to life?
1: In a way, um, it was, so it came to life, Causing a Stir came to life because we wanted to pass on information. We wanted to, I have been doing so much research on Black bartenders, Black mixologists. And I found so much information. And I was like, I don't think people know about this. I want to tell more people about this, especially people in our industry and let them know, you know, some of these other pioneers that don't get talked about in mainstream. So we held this uh, luncheon with some other fellow women of color. And I presented this information to them and gave them some some uh, resources that I came across. We talked about Uh, you know, our experience working in the Chicago industry and what, you know, triumphs and adversity that we had uh, come across or um, availed to. And out of there, and I think it was another opportunity for us to highlight one another. So say like, hey, uh, this is Genesis. Genesis is doing some great things. She's over here. Go and support her. Hey, this is uh, Samantha. Samantha is not from here. She's looking for some opportunities. So if you hear about some, pass them along to her. You know, it was a, a just a good space for us to network and get to know one another and support one another and then share uh, resources. From there, it has grown um, to, be, to becoming a nonprofit uh, organization where we basically give back and hold hospitality classes and make this uh, created a curriculum where like I said this information and these people are embedded into it and you know a different perspective have a different perspective on the industry and how it's grown and where it was built off of.
0: Dope <laughs> that that Just looking at your story, I know that you've traveled the world spreading the knowledge about black mixologists, black female mixologists. Can you talk Mm -hmm. about how the things that are in this glass have allowed you the opportunity to travel the world?
1: Man, first of all, Patron was the first brand that um, gave me the opportunity to see a distillery. Okay. see how the raw materials are harvested or and how they're turned and changed so um i had I, I was i was blessed to go to mexico i've been blessed to go to cognac i've been blessed to you know um uh see how gin is made like i i've see how rum is made you know i i like firsthand you know you see this you see the pictures and the books and the manuals that you get mm-hmm. but to see that stuff firsthand and to feel and hear the passion in the people who created and make it how passionate they are about what they do and how diligent they are at what they do like it was very moving um and I encourage everyone to travel and to open themselves up to different cultures um I've been a able to learn about different cultures, because a lot of times these spirits, and the reason why they call them spirits is because it is very cultural, culture focused, or culture, uh, it comes from people's culture. When you think about tequila and how tequila is made, these are um, processes that have been passed down from generation to generation. Uh, you know, uh, they say that, you know, beer was made by the gods, which also is the the fermentation form of what whiskey is after we distill it so you know those first things um in the in the uh in Egypt and in the Middle East and the pyramids that's you know where these things come from so you learn about the you learn about geography Mm -hmm. geography agriculture culture, uh, 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 anthropology, like about the people that created it and why, and how specific. So I've learned so much about the world through spirits. And I always encourage people to take opportunities that allow you those things. For me to go to Patron, all it took was for me to take a a class online to learn about the, uh, it's called CTR, it's a CTR certification. Um, It was, if I'm not mistaken, free to even do it, finish the finish the certification. Then you go into a pool of people who have finished the class and then Patron will host you that you get picked to go um, to go through if you're a part of the United States Bartenders Guild. So that was something that I did back in 2015. Mm -hmm. Like I say, the people I met, I met people from all over the world that were just as passionate as I was about. Mixology and cocktails and brand bars and had um, very successful bars. And learning from them and hearing about what was going on in their markets was really cool. And like I said, it just opened my eyes up to a different world. But yes, travel, spirits have taken me all over the world. I encourage everyone to travel, to be open-minded, try new things, uh, even if it's something that you probably aren't accustomed to. Go outside of your box. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's so rewarding. It's really,
0: It really is. It sounds like it. It sounds like you're writing a book. That, like, you could write a book. And well. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that's coming anyway. <laughs> um, you spoke about passion. So, is one of your goals to open up your own bar on the South Side? Or have you already realized that goal And being able to teach young Black women the life of spirits
1: so definitely want to own a bar or a space really i want to own a space that people can come to like it's basically like coming to my house
0: okay
1: i want that type of space in chicago um so that people who want to come and visit me have can have a, a part of me and feel my hospitality, right? Where I'm not overworking myself. There, where that mantra and that those ethics are instilled, um, you know, and and they take on my personality and all of that. So yes, I do want a bar eventually. Obviously, right now is not the time to be opening up a bar in Chicago with all We're of the
0: back with COVID. Yeah.
1: So. Um, it's not saying it's on the back burner, but I think that it's all about timing and it's just not the time for that right now. So eventually down the line, yes, uh, eventually down the line, I also see myself perhaps starting my own spirit brand. Um, more to come on that. I am doing a lot of research into how to get into uh, distilling, how to get into um, uh, agriculture and seeing we, uh, my family has some land in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I've been in talks with them. I went to go visit the um, go visit and see how much what it looks like, what what the soil's like, what, what can we grow um, to see how we can be, make it profitable. But also, like I said, help me uh, put some of my put some of the things that I've learned to actual um, concept, you know.
0: Well, I do wanna say that I feel like you have made Miss Smith Parish very, very proud. Just the fact that you are going to you have a desire to build on that land and create your own spirit, create your own liquor. That's I, I know I know she would be very, very proud of you.
1: Yes, yes. I yes. oh, will. They they they're 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 proud of me and they're they are encouraging me to you know, follow my dreams and and not think small or not think that it's out of reach. Um, so, like I said, timing is everything. And I am, you know, taking the time to do the proper research, build the proper teams, because that's something that I learned um, through going through Causing a Stir, that, you know, as much as we want something uh, when it's not right it's, it, or when the right, when, when you don't have the right um, ingredients, you can spoil the batch. So we want to mm-hmm. keep the vision, we want to keep the vision alive. We want to make, I want to make sure that I'm uh, putting, like I said, building the proper teams and making sure that the people that are a part of this new venture um, are just as able and willing to put the necessary Ethic work ethic and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know be diligent with it.
0: Absolutely, you you gotta be you gotta have a good team with you. you yes, got, yes, you we have we, have, have, we have
1: done a lot of with causing the start. We have done a lot of transitioning. Um, we have done a lot. We have had a lot of missteps. We have uh, bumped our heads, fallen down, scraped our knees, so many different times with the mm-hmm. team. Um, and that's when you know that. Uh, it takes a little bit more than just having a having the vision you got to put the work in too. correct
0: and it's and all like, part of the journey yes it's definitely all part of the journey um so you touched on it briefly about you're doing research during the pandemic how has your entrepreneurship spirit been changed during this pandemic
1: Honey, it's time to pivot. You got to pivot in the, in these times and days yeah. and ages. And I think this is when uh, it's like survival, right? You got to get innovative with how you how you are going to survive in these times that because awesome. <laughs> because some things are out of our hands. And I've always been one to you know be able to ebb and flow and be flexible. So in uh, this time, it's actually. Um, been a ch- I've, I've actually had a chance to use my talents in different ways within this digital mm-hmm. world now so um, I've done a lot of digital things I've done a lot of consulting um, consulting and helping people um, uh, fine-tune their projects that they're working on or add a different perspective into what they're already working on um, I've been able to write a little bit I am Writing mm. a book. Um, it's more of a memoir talking about how hospitality is so closely related to humanity and 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 how it it shapes humanity in a way. Um, and if we all have the spirit or have characteristics or be mindful of other people and being human to one another and empathy. being more empathy. Yes. Having more empathy for one another in this world, how we can, how we can change it from that standpoint. Um, so talking about my, my journey in hospitality, highlighting a few featured cocktails um, competition, cocktails that I've submitted and just talk, telling a little, telling the stories behind them. So that should be coming out. Mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say when because it's still it's still, <laughs> it's still a work in progress and then you know that that was something that i learned during this time too and like i said about timing and pivoting um what i thought i could get done in a month the reality was that is it, that is not that it's not true and it was a something Absolutely. new that i was doing you know so not being, I, I want to tell people this about entrepreneurship. Don't ever get discouraged when something doesn't go the way that you thought it sh- it should go. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it could be, like, again, I'm going to keep talking about timing. Because timing, timing, it ain't on our time sometimes. It's on God's time. Absolutely. Right? If you think even about my accident, it won my time obviously because i'm still here god god did, had other plans in mind for me but that one there's signs and there's things that um prepare you for your next step or your next level so you know it, it's not in my hands and that's God's
0: plays are not his denials
1: boom boom <laughs> no for real i mean that's so true yeah. because you know like i said i got discouraged because I was like, man, I wanted my book to come out for the holidays and I wanted it to be this and this and that. And I like thought it was so perfect. And it was like, no, take your time with it. Mm-hmm. You might wanna, you might wanna add some things. You might wanna tweak some things. Who knows what's gonna happen to you over the next few months? Who knows what's gonna happen to you over the next year with everything changing so much? So hold off. Just wait. Don't be so thirsty, you know. So I'm just Collecting my stories, making sure that my stories uh, are fluid, um, making sure that I have um, amazing visuals to go with them. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my time with it. But it is something that is in the works. It's something that I want to share with everyone and hopefully motivate and inspire people to be a little more empathetic and um, to just uh, pay more attention to the things and people around them if that okay.
0: makes sense yeah that makes sense that makes sense will you have a chapter about your boxing life
1: ah, i have to because bartender <laughs> boxing is what um also elevated me and had me go to had me go to uh casadores i was able to go to mexico again
0: <laughs> again
1: see, again and see how you know different brands do things differently
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um but yes Casadores is definitely a part of my um journey um they called me Bayweather I made a cocktail called Bayweather for for uh for the thing because I was uh, BAE weather
0: what what was in Bayweather
1: oh uh I think Bayweather we don't have to go in my archives for that but okay it's been been so long it's been so long Okay. But um, if I do recall correctly, it has something to do with some, uh, it had some pear and some ginger, um, mm-hmm. and it was obviously tequila. And I think I had some spices in there, too. I'll, I'll, For the record, I'll put, when the book comes out, it'll be in there. Yes,
0: ma'am. Yes, ma'am.
1: yes Bayweather.
0: Bayweather. That's, yes. you got Lex Luga, Les Luga. You got, you have another nickname. Something with a cloud or something like that.
1: Lex bubble.
0: Lex bubble.
1: <laughs> Lex bubble, cause it's less trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you see what I did there. I,
0: I hope it's no poetry in this book, but <laughs> you know,
1: running <laughs> out poetic as shit <laughs> um, <laughs> tonight.
0: <laughs> so I will tell you, this drink that you made is okay. making me feel all warm, and t- I mean, the stories are touching me. But the this cocktail has touched me just a little bit more. This is really, really good. This is really. I'm glad really you good. enjoying it. Um, oh so it,
1: it's a straightforward cocktail now. It's all all spirit. Okay. Manhattan's.
0: And uh, you told me it would get yes. me.
1: Yes, it will get you as, as as smooth as it is. Mm-hmm. It'll creep up on
0: you. I'm feeling. My, I don't I know give, if it your, are so your are
1: your fingers are your fingers sweating. Just a little bit. Just a little so bit. it's fine. As long as you have a... So this is a, a rule of thumb that I try to... When I have a, a cocktail... Mm-hmm. This is a... I have to slow myself down sometimes. Sometimes I'm thinking faster than my mouth moves.
0: We all do that.
1: A rule of thumb that I like to follow
0: mm-hmm. is that with
1: every cocktail, I have a glass of water. Boom. Boom. That way... Now, obviously... Your blood alcohol content—it's it, not going to change if you consume three ounces or or more of alcohol in an hour. Your blood alcohol mm-hmm. is going to be what it's going to be, but okay. it will. Uh, your metabolism and everything will slow it down and burn it down. Um, so, I always recommend having a glass of water with every cocktail and making sure that you should, excuse me, making sure that you're going back and forth. balance
0: Balance. so i am currently uh making a wet bar for my house what are some of the essentials that you need to for a wet bar do you be like this is nice what what would impress you oh okay so
1: so this is my thing
0: Mm -hmm. it's
1: your home you're you are hosting so you have to you create it for what you know your guests will have. Now, I think that a good home mixologist has diversity amongst his bar.
0: Okay. Just you no straight tequila? I gotta have everything?
1: I think you should have at least one of everything because some people okay. drink, you know, you, you get the spectrum, it's a rainbow. You okay. want you want a vodka, okay. you want a tequila, you want a rum. And then rum, it gets a little... Uh, rum is such a uh, like vast category because you have different mm-hmm. types of rum. You got dark rum, light rum, flavored rum, agricole rum,
0: uh rum, rum,
1: rum, 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 rum. But you have all of these different, um, you have all of the different categories. So I feel like, you know, have a couple of different rums. Um, but again, it's up to what your guests are going to be drinking. Mm-hmm or what you all enjoy drinking if i'm not mistaken i think your lady likes moscow meals correct
0: she does
1: so yeah so you if you know she likes moscow meals maybe having a few different vodkas where you can play with that um that that uh that that flavor so you Mm -hmm. can use you have your regular your, your main steak vodka but then you start getting into uh like maybe doing like some of those kettle one botanicals where it's low abv so maybe you're feeling like ah you know what i just want a little something i don't want too much i don't want to you know i don't want to get too messed up Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so you do something like that so you have an array of different vodkas in different categories whether it's low abv flavored, uh potato rye whatever. You know, you have that spectrum and then that's what you pull from. And -hmm. then you add a couple of things that you like. You know, you live in a black household. Everybody needs a little cognac in a black household.
0: That's very true.
1: So you can have um, a few of those, a few items. Uh, But I think that, you know, there's not, I I don't get because I've seen so much. I'm not impressed by it. So I say that to say, if people need consultations on home bars and they have um, questions about what they should have to make classic cocktails, mm-hmm. then that's different. Um, I encourage, like, you, you need simple syrup, but simple syrup mm. can be made. You can make that yourself.
0: Definitely. Um,
1: um, there are a few like liqueurs that I feel like are necessary, you know, like Cointreau or having an orange liqueur for uh, daisy cocktails and daisy cocktails are your essential like sidecars, margaritas, uh, anything that has a uh, spirit and a orange liqueur, citrus and sugar. That's essentially what a daisy is. and You can play with the spirits in there. Um, so having orange liqueur is important. Um Perhaps if you're into this, having uh, a diff- different types of sweet vermouth for okay. Manhattan's, you know, um, you need different vermouths for that. Having if you're if you are into, uh, like I said, classic cocktails and getting into amaros. Having mm-hmm. a few different modifiers, those amaros are, are modifiers that modify the cocktail and change the flavor, but it enhances them sometimes. So like uh, Campari is a very uh, well-known one. So having a bottle of Campari, a bottle of Aperol on your bar, uh, lets me know that you are cocktail savvy.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm,
1: say I'm impressed, but it makes me, I know what, how you come in. Okay.
0: okay. You know? Okay.
1: That's, that's all. I don't judge. No, I no. coming,
0: I'm game recognized game there we go
1: i'm observant <laughs> but it's no judgment no judgment no
0: no judgment serving There's life a lot behind. of different
1: types of drinkers in the world by the way really yeah you got people who just like shit straightforward they don't want all that they don't want no sugar they don't need no mm-hmm. citrus they don't need no fruit they just want what they like, what they drink, they just want it just, ha- just like that, straight out the bottle. Mm-hmm. You got some people that are like, I need something else with this. Please pour me some Coke, Sprite, soda, tonics, something. I need something in it. Lemonade. Enj with,
0: E-N-J with Pepsi.
1: R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> to that. R.I.P. to that, Lex, because hey, we don't mm. even want to unearth her. We
0: used to drink some stuff. I saw somebody posted a picture of them with some hypnotic. I was like, "Whoa!" Hypnotic. So
1: hypnotic. Hypnotic is still popular.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I honestly, personally, I'm not making cocktails with hypnotic. Uh, but some places on the south side, honey. They still using it. What is it? The uh, Green Goblin, I think, or what was Incredible it? Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were the days. Speaking of that, um, rap culture kind of dictates everything and what is cool and what is trendy. How important is it to have a Drake or Jay Z endorsing your product, your, your spirit?
1: Well, it's always helpful. It okay. always is helpful, um, but I don't think that it is. Uh, I don't think that it's imperative to, because okay. if you have a good product, if you have a quality product, it's going to, it's going to do what it's going to do. Uh, okay. Look at Tito's.
0: Correct.
1: Tito's doesn't have a specific person behind them, but they have a good product. Their marketing is great, and they were able to expand their brand across the market. You know.
0: But look at Nouveau. Who? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember that. It was... It there's
1: t- another... There's another. Uh, I do remember Nouveau, but... Where is it now?
0: Where is it? But it was somewhat endorsed by... Uh, Blame, it, Blame it by Jamie Foxx and T-Pain. He was like, I'm gonna take a shot of the Nouveau. And it's nowhere to be found now
1: yeah that's what i'm saying so it, it, it i think that having a good quality product is what matters first it comes don't first. matter who's yes comes first it doesn't matter who um is endorsing it just like hmm.
0: some other stuff
1: yeah i was gonna i was some gonna get stuff. into politics but we're not gonna go yeah, there. we
0: don't have to we don't have to we yeah, don't let's have not to.
1: let's not go oh. there
0: talk to me about serving life behind bars yay let's get into that.
1: Yay so uh, I saw a I saw a need for like when I would go to events and I would have cocktails at events they mm-hmm. would be pretty shitty either shitty or the line would be long because people didn't know how to you know properly prepare them. Okay. or prep them to, to, to kind of like execute them on high volume. So, uh, Serving Life Behind Bars is now a, um, like a mobile bar cocktail service. We create menus for uh, events. We do the batching for them. So we'll um, batch and deliver um, large, large scale cocktails. Uh, we work with different brands to bring um, different beverage concepts to life. So Mm -hmm. on the creative side. So I look at it as like, uh, like uh, it is a staffing agency. It's a staffing and uh, uh, cocktail uh, uh, catering company. But it started from really just me posting about my adventures of serving life behind bars and bartending and all the cool things that I would get invited to all the uh, events that I would be working I just started using the hashtag when I would post about it and mm-hmm. it kind of grew from there and I actually you know incorporated it and uh, it became my, my my consulting cocktail curation business in 2017. Talk about so, it. Yeah so mm. I've been doing that um, it's kind of like a it, w- it started as a uh, you know uh alex uh, alexis uh serving life behind bars we are doing business as alexis brown and mm-hmm. now has it, it has evolved into uh where i have about three employees so mm-hmm. uh you know um my girls I, would, I i try to hire other black women and give mm-hmm. them opportunities and help them push their brands up so um i'm conscious about that uh, like who I give my opportunities to and expose mm-hmm. people to, um, new, new things. Um, but it's my way of like bringing people up and showing and lear- showing them what I've learned. And,
0: uh, yeah. You're giving back in so many different ways. Ten plus yeah. years
1: in the game now. 10 plus years in the game.
0: Plus years. Where do you see life behind bars? Like what is the end goal for life behind bars, serving life behind bars?
1: To be, uh, you know, why I see it as being a creative agency
0: mm-hmm. where
1: it's not only, um, you know, we we're, were obviously focused on beverage, but partnering with huge uh, organizations or festivals like, um, like Essence Fest, where mm-hmm. anything that is beverage related or that that we have our hand in and are really facilitating great. Hospitality, great service, and just taking, like I said, that mantra of I want this to be the best experience for the people that are receiving it. And like I said, pulling people from all over the world to be a part of that. That's gotcha. what I see. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you're on your way. Um, thank you for taking the time. I apologize to Draco for him having to be put outside. I wish
1: I could, that's why I keep looking over to the to the right because I really wish I could see him staring at me. How he's looking at me right now, he is like, "Oh, I'm gonna test something up." He is so upset that he is on he's on timeout right now.
0: You tell me what treat he like, and I'll I'll take him out one day and get him the treats that he really likes. Okay. For being a good boy. Right. Uh, Lex. Thank you so much for this. This has been another episode of Homegrown the series. Happy New Year. This is the last episode of December. Last episode of 2020. We made it. We made (laughs) it. We made it. We made it. Uh, Let's cheers to 2021. Cheers to 2021. Cheers to 2021.